This Halloween, prepare yourself for a terrifying suspense thriller, Spell, starring Amari Hardwick from the TV show Power and Loretta Devine. Marquise, played by Hardwick, awakens from a plane crash imprisoned by a mysterious woman practicing hoodoo magic. He desperately tries to break free to save his family from the sinister rituals that await. Spell is premiering at home on all digital platforms October 30th. It's rated R, coming from Paramount Pictures. Check it out, y'all. And now we're going to hit the show. Let's get this bitch started. So we got this Flow stupid yet the rhyme's so brilliant Never could you bring the kid down I'm too resilient And fuck them biting ass niggas Who be stealing Y'all niggas copy my style Like a chameleon I'm a Brazilian That's one in a million Too high for ceilings It's how I am feeling What the blood clot How did all these nug rocks Have me looking dumb hot With my eyes all bloodshot Now that's a mugshot In the making No need for ovens When you're waking Bacon No faking I only smoke the danky herbs Yo 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 Welcome back to another episode Of the Hip Hop Heads podcast h cubed up in this bitch yes sir you said we back with another album review for your head top this week and this week we are blessed with motherfucking hip-hop royalty as far as the album we're reviewing y'all y'all know the name tupac and if y'all don't know the album y'all gonna find out about it on this episode me against the world y'all yes sir. now let me just preface it by saying this i know i've said this before but i'm gonna say it again <laughs> i'm gonna I'm a, I'm a cause a little bit of of shake up in the hip hop heads community here. I actually have not listened to this album before. Before this album review, I had heard a couple of these songs, right? Mm-hmm. But as I was telling my co-host before the show started, I had actually never um, sat down and listened to a full body of work from Tupac. And we're here to pop them cherries today, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Actually, this is uh, I wasn't big into Tupac back in the day, but this is like one of the few albums with his that I actually did fuck hard with. So now nah, this is a yeah. this is a killer. And uh, let's just go ahead and get right into it because I, I love to hear your reactions on on this old school shit and uh, and, and, the, oh, and yeah, the way that it goes. For sure, for sure. All right. Well, the first track on this joint, of course, it's an intro. It's a cool, chill out beat. It's got different news clips talking about uh, Tupac and the shooting that happened in New York, which got uh, him and Biggie on the wrong side of being friends and um, right. talking about how he got shot like six times, but then checked himself out of the out of the ER or not out of mm-hmm. the ER, but out of the hospital early because he ain't feel safe there. And Suge Knight was talking about, well, I can provide you better security than uh, than like the new New York police can or whatever, whatever. So, I mean, right. it was just it was just a wild jump. And it's like, I feel like if if you really don't know any of these stories when it comes to Tupac, all of this is going to be like, God damn. And this is before the era of fucking social media. So all of this was from like the actual news. like. Right. No, yeah, yeah. That that was I thought that was interesting, uh interesting way to start the album. Definitely very like nineties esque, I feel to a certain degree. Uh the whole news clippings and you know everything that's being pasted together. But I thought it was I thought it was a good way to start the start the album, especially, you know, this being where Pac was at in his life. So I thought I thought it was a good way to start the album. I felt again, not much of a song, more so of an intro, interlude type yeah, of thing. Very nineties. But you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. So but let, let's just go on to number two, um, If I Die Tonight, which is the first actual song. Mm-hmm. And let me just go on to say, right, one of the things I noticed right off the jump and through most of this album is that I feel like one of the reasons why I, at least for me personally, made music I didn't really dive too deep into it is because of how, like, dark it is in a sense and, like, in a sense of always talking about death every single song. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and not just killing somebody, but that death is coming for him. And a lot of people don't realize uh, again, that the, he's a very emo rapper. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, dog. Honestly, t- 
Tupac might be the original emo rapper. <laughs> I think you're right. He might be the original emo rapper. Just wrapped it up in that gangster shit. <laughs> nah, that's a fact. Gangster shit in that West Coast shit as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, nah, definitely, definitely um, a dope song, a dark song. And it just, you know, just, I, I really like how he wraps up the verses with the hook kind of just playing out. And the, if I die tonight, just playing in the background. Again, kind of very 90s s to a certain degree. But I thought, I thought this was a good way to open up the, uh, the album. Uh, I think it sets the tone for the tone that Tupac sets in the album. And I, and I thought it was a good song. No, I agree with you. Um, it's it's kind of a the, the beat is really a to me it was a mix of uh, of like West Coast uh, beats from the time, but also like the original boom bap shit that you would have heard back in the day. But yeah, now nah, this took this really took you um, through a look through Pac's eyes. But again, eventually, like you said, inevitably the song is really about death. It's like trying to him being yeah. kind of paranoid about like what could possibly take his life this evening. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. And again, like I, like I was saying earlier, this is a very prominent, I guess, thought process shown throughout most of the album. And, and honestly, throughout a lot of Pac's career, really. Yeah. Which, um, you know, we can go into it at another time about the whole, you know, weird thing about listening to certain things and just speaking things into existence if you want to believe in those things, right? Yeah, like I said, a really dark song. And I, But either way, I, I think it was a good way to start the album. Dark energy, dark vibes all throughout the joint. So definitely good song. For sure. Now, number three is Me Against the World, uh, one of my favorite tracks from this album. And in fact, mm-hmm. the only reason that I went and listened to this album was because this was one mm-hmm. of the tracks from the original Bad Boy soundtrack. Oh, was it? Yeah. So that's how I even found out about this joint. But this is a straight up classic song. I still think that the like one of the one of the themes that we're probably going to get into is that the beats on this joint definitely sound old as shit. I mean, like, that's just oh, what it is. I mean, yeah. the album was made in 1995, so. Um, no, yeah, for sure, for sure. But besides it being a classic song, this is one of the least sounding, dated sounding beats on there, if that makes sense. And dra- uh, Dramacidal has the second verse, and he has a good verse, but it's not as strong as either one of Pac's verses. Like, Pac just kind of murders no, this whole no. thing. Drom just kind of comes in and, like, holds his own, and just like, okay, we're placeholder, placeholder, let this nigga get a drink of water. Okay, Pac's back, so. It wasn't bad though. It wasn't a terrible verse. Not though. at all. I will say that. Not at all. Is Dramacidal, um Is that one of uh, one of the outlaws? I believe so, but that, I'm that... I'm not sure, and I didn't do any type of research into it. So <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make. I just thought maybe you knew. I, I don't know. But I'm no. I'm assuming that it is because usually like Pac was a lot like Eminem from what I can remember, and he didn't really do a lot of duets with people. Yeah. So like most of the people that he did work with were from uh-huh. the outlaws. Yeah, and and I yeah I feel, I feel like whenever he whenever Pac did. I, whenever I did see collaborations with Pac, it was a lot of people within his own camp. So yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Uh, but yeah, this song is basically all about you know striving to do your best despite whatever situation that you happen to be facing. You know, just me against whatever's no, going yeah. on. So I mean, it's it's a good song. It's a very motiv- yeah, motivational I, song. It always has been for me, at least. So no, for sure, especially Pac's second verse at the end. I mm-hmm. always feel like it's very. Motivational uh, verse um, all around. You know, when you feeling like your back is against the wall and you really ain't got shit going. You know, I feel like this song just encapsulates that perfectly. Exactly. Uh, everything from the beat to the uh, to the hook, the girl singing on the hook, I feel like it's very well put there. Yeah. I mean, I don't really need to say much more than that. It's the title track. I feel like it's one of Pac's biggest, bigger songs, at least. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. And definitely a dope song to me. Definitely a dope song for me. Let's go on to uh, number four, which is So Many Tears. And again, one of the probably one of the more popular songs on the album as well. One of the, one, it's funny because I remember this song from being like a, a like a little kid. Like I remember hearing this song, and the one thing that always stuck out to me 
was the uh, the sample in the background. I'm not sure if it's a saxophone or yeah, if it's um, a trumpet. I'm not sure what it is. But... Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, you think, know what I'm I think it's a saxophone. I'm it sounds like sure. a saxophone, yeah. It's like, something like that. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. So I, I just remember hearing that as a kid. And that was always something that just stuck in my head. And like, and it just, I guess, I don't know. It just, I guess it, it did its job by drawing me in. Definitely a dope song. Obviously, it talks about the the bullshit that Pox had to go through, losing peers, losing friends, losing everything, and just, you know, having to shed, shed tears through the process and, you know, keep it pushing. But I, I think it was a good song. Again, a dark song in a lot of ways, but but dope, dope song nonetheless. For sure. Actually, going back and correcting myself now that I'm thinking about it, it's actually a harmonica, not a saxophone. Mm. How the fuck do you know that? It, I remember it from the, thinking back on the sound. Like, I heard it, and I was like, saxophone, no, that's not right, that's not right, that's not right. And then I was I was just, just thinking about it, because, again, I've heard this song so many freaking times. In my life. You might be right. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. That, 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 yeah. that probably, that, that, you're right, you're right. Um, but, yeah, no, I've, I've always loved this song. The beat is mad simple, mad chill. Like, this is one of those type of songs that you could literally... This is one of those rap songs that you could just have kind of, like... If you're having, like, a dinner party over with, like, some more sophisticated people, you could still get away with putting this song on because the beat is so chill. But just don't play it on too loud of a volume because then the words are going to be like, nigga, what are you (laughs) listening to? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's a fact. Especially, especially like, you know, when the hook isn't going on and the the, the harmonica isn't in the background. Mm -hmm. Very... Almost stripped down, just bare essence, just the drums are playing almost. Exactly. Maybe, what maybe a slight bass in the background, maybe. But definitely, uh, like you said, a, a really simple beat, but I think it works. It works for this song, like, like you said, a very chill vibe. And again, it's just so, like, it's so dark, but it's so, like, serious and, like, just real. Like, mm-hmm. that's one thing that I really have to give up to Pac, where I think that Biggie was the better rapper, per se. But definitely, I mean, they knew, they both knew how to tell stories, but Pac's stories were just so ridiculous. It was just so ridiculously vivid. It's, he was really, really just painting a fucking picture. Like, he's, he's telling you everything that you need to know somehow, and you can just put the picture together in your head and see everything and that this man sees. And that's one of the things, right, that, um, like, I was thinking about this shit, right, um, like, as far as, you know, Pac versus Biggie and things like that, right, how, like, what separates both of them and, and things like that, right, and I feel like each one of them does one thing particularly well, right, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like all in all, which, again, this is a conversation for a different day, but I feel like all in all, the one thing that separates Biggie from me, like, apart from Tupac, is, is, is Biggie's rapping ability. Yeah. Um, as, as much as I think Tupac is a great rapper, I just feel like his his actual um, just his actual technical ability to rap is, is to me is like night and day compared to, to Tupac. Just because, and, and and that's just because to me Biggie is probably one of the better technicians of the game. You know, like I think flow wise and just cadence wise and everything is just it's almost pin perfect. So I feel like it's hard to match up to that, even if you are Tupac. I agree. But um, but yeah, no. Nah, I, I agree going back to what you were saying what one of the feel what he's saying and I feel like that's one of the things that stood him above everybody else is not only what he's saying but his delivery his passion and what he's saying I feel like you could feel it in a lot of songs you could almost hear the the change in Pac's voice in certain parts that like it kind of just be like yeah bro, like I feel that shit so yeah I think it's the same thing in, in, in this song and a lot of other songs on this album that like that's that's why it's such a good song because of his ability to really just make you feel what he's saying in the song so i agree all right well number let's go to number five uh this is going to be temptations again this is another favorite of mine this is another one of the biggest tracks off this album 
completely classic flow, classic beat selection. The chorus on this joint is is mm-hmm. so so just soulful and dope, and it's like the dude is not really even saying words. He's just like, hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a sample, right? That was a sample, right? I think so, but I'm not sure what it's a sample of. Like for real, I just I've never thought about it. Regardless of what it was, I thought it was a great use. Again, I, I feel like this is a very '90s kind of hook right here, yep. where it's like the you say like the and all the people say, and then the sample sings the or whatever the fuck you know. What I feel like, I feel like that's a very '90s style of of hook right there. But um, but it definitely worked here. I feel like again talking to a girl about you know him wilding out or if he's gonna be faithful and this and the third. Temptations is going, hey, 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 and this niggas is going, hey, hey, so I just feel like it was a dope song, dope uh, idea, and and just a good use of the sample there. I feel on the hook. True, true, and I, again, this is another like straight up topic, especially for niggas, because the temptations be out there, dog. Like, yeah, it's always nah, temptations. Fact. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's yeah. a real ass damn song. It's just facts yeah. out there. So I've always this joint has always just hit like straight up home, and I don't know if you've ever seen the video. But the video was fucking hilarious because Tupac's not even in the fucking video. And he was alive when the video was made. Jada Pinkett's in the video. Coolio's in the video. Like, a whole rack of people are in this video. But ain't not a Tupac in sight. So Did they ever explain why? I, I, I don't think so. At least that, not that I know of. I've never heard a reason. So That's why I'm not going to lie. That's pretty wild. Especially him still being around. Yep. And this is one funny-ass part where uh, Coolio looks into a keyhole of one of the the hotels because it's, it's in a hotel uh into one of the rooms uh-huh. and it's jada pinkett dancing like all sexy and like a little red dress and everything and then she looks back and she sees him looking through the keyhole and she gives him that wink and everything like that and then <laughs> as he's looking in the keyhole i can't remember who the guy is but it's an old it's like a famous old black guy i think it might have been the uh, guy okay. who played shaft or something like that and he like taps uh, okay. coolio on the shoulder and he looks up at him and he's like oh shit because he realizes that's that man's room and that's that man's girl <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and he just takes his little cart and pushes it on down all. Yo, I've never seen that video. Nah, I'm gonna send I've it to you after that. we're done. All right, bet, bet, bet. But fuck it. Um, let's go on to number uh six, okay. young niggas. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, again, I feel like this kind of taps into Pac's uh, storytelling ability in a lot of ways. You know, this song just overall just talks about young niggas in the hood being pretty much full, full uh blown gangsters and shit. So yeah. it's just. A really dope, dope idea, dope song, and I feel like his message at the end is 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 really dope. You know, I feel like he 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 says what's going on, but he also says like, "Yo, like y'all need to worry about being kids still. Like that shit's still cool." Yeah. Uh, and and I feel like again, dope message and just overall dope song uh, all around, man. So I, I really like this one. Young niggas, very '90s sounding again, like the motif of this fucking album. Uh, again, yeah. another chill. That's like one of the things about this album is that a lot of the songs are actually real vibe, chill joints, no matter mm-hmm. what Tupac is speaking on the joints. Most of them are always real yeah. cool out joints. Trying to give hope and inspiration, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's really what this is about. And it's just trying to give you a look into his youth and everything. Again, a lot of it is violent. A lot of it is some street shit. Like, a lot of it is just like, damn, this nigga, it seems like this nigga's life has been thugged out since he was born because like, at one yeah. point in one of the songs he's talking about yeah my daddy was a gangster and I grew up into that shit too I'm like okay well damn you never had a break you know what I'm saying <laughs> right. no that's a fact that's a fact yeah no that's a fact um, like I said I, I just thought this was a really a really dope song um, 
even though that the like the, the I guess the the outro he's kind of talking kind of lasted a little long. Yeah. But I just feel like it was it was it was definitely good to be there. I just feel like maybe it could have been a little bit shorter. But I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, number seven, uh, heavy in the game, featuring Richie Rich. Again, a very old sounding beat, but I love the patois that is used all throughout the track. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just always a fan if anybody is just speaking patois on the track. You don't even got to be actually given a verse. You can just be talking in the chorus and just saying some random shit. I always love it. I'm always a fan for you, it. I'm always here. You know why? <laughs> you know why, dog? Because even if you're just, even if somebody is just saying how their day went, it always sounds like they're popping shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so to speak, it don't matter what they say, dog. It just sounds like they're talking that, that hood shit, that real grimy shit that you're just like, oh, shit. And it just seems listen. a lot more, like, lively, more vibrant. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. I agree 100%. Um, I, I feel like this is, this is definitely a super West Coast sounding beat like mm-hmm. without a doubt like the definition of, of a, like a 90s west coast beat like that little whistle uh, thing in the background that they do on the joint whatever it is yeah uh-huh the little synths yep, or whatever yep but i gotta nah, say yeah, that for sure that uh, rips both his verses on this joint like he literally like i there's not a song on this album that Pac does not kill which is ridiculous to think about but you know no nah, yeah for sure for sure and, and honestly i i didn't have a problem with uh richie rich the the feature on the album either no. or the song either he gave he, did, he gave was, really good verse I agree. Honestly, I don't have a problem with damn near any feature on here. And that's to say that there's only three features on here. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like that just goes to show that, like you were saying, Pac doesn't really, I guess, work with too many people like that. So yeah, that makes exactly. sense. And it's probably like you got to be on a, a certain level lyrically to even try to interface oh, yeah. with his album. So. Nah, facts, facts. You ain't about to be on the wax shit on this. So. Exactly. But um, let's let's go on to uh, number eight, Lord Knows. I really like the uh, the hook on this, and again, it's 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 another one of those joints where it's Pac, you know, saying the Lord knows, and then the uh, the the singing comes in in the back. I thought that was really dope. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a dope song. I like the beat on here. Again, kind of a '90s kind of sounding beat, I guess, to a certain extent. But I thought this joint was really dope, man. I, I think that the, the little bit of high pitched sense that they kept using at one point, like at certain points, I think it was like during mm. the chorus, that kind of got a little old yeah. after a bit. But I mean, the topic very, again, of, very '90s. Yeah, very '90s. But the topic is like, you know, dealing with issues that, you know, it's like PS- PSTD and anxiety, like these like real mental issues that you don't think about like mm-hmm. niggas in the hood having and niggas in the hood don't think about themselves having. So it's no, like, yeah, for sure. I feel like as hood and as every as dark as everything that he is, he actually brings a lot of light to a lot of different subjects that were never talked about back in that time frame. And it's like if you weren't a fan of Pac and listening to it, you weren't like you just didn't hear that. Like you didn't hear the right. social justice stuff that he was spitting back in the day unless you listened to him or other artists that were like him, which usually more of so came way before him, which would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, why am I why am I blanking on that group's name now? God damn it. The group flavor flavor is from. Um <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I, I know exactly what you're doing. Oh uh, god. Public enemy, sorry. Okay, okay. Yeah, like public enemy, because they were straight up like social justice, all of that shit. That's that's their brand. But uh Tupac yeah. managed to slip that in, even though gangster was more of his brand. Yeah, and um I I remember reading um that this is actually the album where Pac kind of made that transition of being just a straight up gangster rapper to incorporating more of like the deeper stuff and the more into, yeah, the more introspective and just very, um, like just critiquing like things going on in general instead of just focusing on the, on, um, on like the gangster rap part of things. 
And uh, I, I think I, I would agree with that. I mean, I, f- I feel like a lot of this album is kind of centered around that more so than the violence. You know, I feel like he's talking about things that he might have done or did, but he also talks about why it's wrong or, you know, why this shit ain't working out. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this is definitely an album, the transition, if you will. Yeah, no, I could agree with that. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not, you know, too well versed on the albums that came before this, but I could definitely see because after this album, he did get more conscious and talk about more, you know, more then, stuff. So right, and then after that, you know, the whole uh, Machiavelli album and the Seventh Day, mm-hmm. and you know, it just kind of went. And again, I'm not sure. I'm just, I'm just saying what I read, but it, it makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Well, number nine is uh, Dear Mama. Again, another song that we all know. It's another song that's played mm-hmm. every Mother's Day on every hip hop station. Thanks. It's a song Thanks. that's in everybody's IG videos every Mother's Day. The little dedications <laughs> to mama or their wife or whatever. Um, but I mean, again, it's a deep ass song. Always has been. Yeah. Uh, I think people when they when they really when they listen to it, I think it it's one of those songs that definitely takes a few listens in order to sit down and understand everything that he's talking about. And it it kind of makes sure. you like look back on your own moms, you know, like just reflect on your own oh, yeah. situation, and you know, especially if you grew up in a one parent household and you watched your your parents struggle and blah blah blah. But I mean, right. it's still the same if yeah. even if you have the two parents because you know, mom still does a rack of shit, point blank period, uh-huh. whether she's with dads or not. So, no, nah, I, I agree, and um, no, it's, it's funny you say that because like I remember listening to this song when I was like. I guess maybe like very young and not really grasping everything he was saying, right? Yeah. But still liking the song because it was, I, I kind of felt that about my mom, you know, like even just the hook. But it's crazy what you said, like the older you get, the more like you listen to it and the more like the song kind of pulls more value because the older you get as an adult, the more you see like the sacrifices that your mom made in order to, you know, make shit happen. So I, I just feel like this song, you know, you pretty much said everything I needed to say. Yeah. Everybody, everybody listens to this shit and, and it's, it, it's the dope ass song, legendary song. Yeah, probably one of the more legendary song, uh, hip hop songs you could I could think of. Definitely yeah. in, in the in the top fifty, you know, really known songs I would say. But um, <coughs> yeah, man, really really dope song. I love it and great song for facts. All right, uh, so let's go on to uh, number ten, which is actually probably my favorite song on this album. It ain't easy. And again, very simple beat with just a little synth in the background. One quiet, lonely little synth in the background. <laughs> it's just a dope dog. I can't dog. This shit right here, it just like it just reminds me of like being in a place where you just chilling end of the day, smoking a J, just kinda winding down. Like mm-hmm. this is what that song feels like. And again, we talk about invoking feeling and I feel like Pac did that very well throughout his career, but especially in this album and in this song right here. Obviously, it's in the title track. He talks about, you know, shit not being easy for him. You know, he don't know. I, I think this is actually uh, right after he got out of jail, if I'm not mistaken, if, 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 I, understand, if I understand that correctly. Because, you know, he brings up uh, Mike Tyson telling him that, because um, I know he talked to Mike Tyson while he was in jail, but it talks about Mike Tyson telling him, like, yo, like, you need to be more righteous and, and you know, look look for more things and you know things like that. But just really dope song, really chill song. Probably to me the most chillest vibe vibe song. And I really, 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 really love at the very end when the kind of beat kind of rides out and you hear the little guitar kind of freestyling in the back. <laughs> that shit is just the dopest shit ever, though. I thought that was really fucking dope, and I feel like it was a really good way to end the song. Nah, it's a great but, way um, to end the song. Like I, I have nothing to say about bad about this song. I've always loved this song. I always rock with it. It's it's a cl- mm-hmm. it's a classic joint for this album, straight up. 
No, I agree. I feel like um, it fits the, the chill vibe of everything else that's been going on in the album. And yeah, like I said, one of my favorite songs in the album. All right, let me see. Number 11 now, uh, Can You Get Away? Uh, it's not a bad sample. Um, I believe it's the Happy Feelings by Maze and Frankie Beverly, which is a, a great song by itself. But it, it works really, really good for this damn single, uh, for this single also, for the sample. I'm not a big fan on the chorus that they decided to use for this for this song, though. But it's still, I mean, it's it's a love song. It's like the, probably the one love song on here. Because, you know, like we always say, there's always one love song on a, on a hip-hop album. Um, but, like, the lyrics are still so fucking dope that it kind of makes up for the fact that I think that the the chorus is really, really bad. But the beat is still good, too. So, I mean, like, you know, there's there's still redeeming factors for the song for me. Um, but yeah. this is probably one that I... This is definitely one that I don't... I don't... Like, sometimes I'll hit next on this jump. Like, if I just... I'm, I'm not, not even going for it. I'm not even going to lie to you. This is, like, the only song that, like, I would skip reviewing this album. Like, like I would listen to every other joint. But when this song came out, it's also, like, the little intro... Of uh, that doesn't even sound like Pac to me. Yeah. Uh, the little intro of him talking to the girl that didn't even sound like Pac. Like it, it just—I don't even know what the fuck that. I don't know. It just sounded almost out of place. Like everything about it, like from uh, I guess Pac's voice on that joint to just—I don't know everything about it. I just wasn't a big fan of uh, of the song from the jump. So I, I agree with you there. Um, but obviously, after I listened to it a little bit, I thought the song wasn't bad. Like you said, the, the verses were pretty good. Mm-hmm. But overall, just you know, like you said, it kind of just felt like somewhat of like a forced love song like you said you know especially in the 90s you need to have that love song the actual no holds bar where you're not talking about cheating on your girl love song so mm-hmm. and and you know th- this was it for this album kind of a forgettable song to me to be honest with you i feel like yeah. it's one of the more forgettable ones on the album so it's funny yeah, that, that the song the only song on this album about love is the one that <laughs> yeah. we're ready to kick the fuck up out of here <laughs> Nah, that's a fact. That's a fact. That lets you know where we are with this podcast, man. I'm telling you. Gang, gang. <laughs> gang, gang. All right. But um, fuck it. Let's, let's go on to number 12, though. Old School, mm-hmm. which I believe now, correct. I'm probably going to get this all wrong, but let me just let me just try this right here. Okay. I believe sampled. Is that Biggie on the hook? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. Because he also kind of sounded like one of like the older, the Mount Rushmore's of, of hip-hop. That was rapping that too. It kind of sounded mm-hmm. like that too, but I wanted to make sure. Okay. So it was definitely Biggie on the sample. Now, mm-hmm. I remember you saying that this is after Pac got shot and it kind of started that little feud. Do, do, do you think that this is, bef- do you think he did this on purpose? Do you think this is before he got shot that he recorded this? Or or what do you, what do you think? Because in my guess, it would be before because back in the day, people didn't put together albums in like a couple of weeks. It, You're right. It took You're months. Right. So like, and it wasn't like motherfuckers was what, like how many times has Kanye released an album and then written some lyrics about some shit that happened like the week before the album came out and it's on the album like that <laughs> no, didn't happen back in the days so. <laughs> yeah you're right you're, you know you know, I didn't, you know i didn't even think about that but you're so right and it's crazy that there's people that did not grow up in that era that will never know that albums took years to come out yes. like legitimate four or five years to come out mm-hmm. and i always related that to, to every other month yeah and i always related that to like the artist having to go out and get more life experiences in which to draw upon to make the next project like and it's gonna take I mean, a while you know what i'm saying no that's a fact i mean like you said you know you can only write about this girl you're talking to for so long before you're fucking writing the same shit over and over again so i feel like i feel like you're right i feel like 
and, and and again, you know, again, this is a different topic for a different day, but that's why artists like Kendrick, like J. Cole, you could even throw Wale in there. Mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of hold their releases back as to as as to um not not how like everybody else is doing it, which is like two, three releases every year, but one maybe every one to two years, you know. One, maybe two years. So I, I just feel like um yeah, I don't know. I just I just feel like the 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 real solid artists still kind of stick to that. Obviously, a, a modified version of that because you can't go four years in this business now yeah. without releasing anything. Yeah. I feel like you kind of have to do it at least every two years, but they kind of have their own formula that I guess works for them. But, um, but nonetheless, back to the song number twelve, old school. Biggie on the on the hook, if you will, on the sample. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you got Pac talking about all his influences and everything that he liked from back in the day, and and yeah, I thought this was a really dope song, very boom boom bop kind of like hip hoppy type of beat for sure um, probably one of the, the most east coast sounding beat on this joint i guess you could say <laughs> no i definitely agree with you and for anybody who decides to listen to this song this song is actually like it kind of gives you a blueprint of like older artists that you can listen to <laughs> like mm-hmm. you just make no, you yeah, just make a sure. list as you listen to this song about old artists that you can go back and listen to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I agree. Um, I thought this was—I thought it was a dope song. Uh, again, m- mainly for that reason right there. Like a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of people look up to Biggie and Tupac, and it's just cool to know who your favorite rappers look up to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. When, when you hear these kind of things, so I thought it was a dope song, and I, th- I thought it was well executed because I feel like it could be done in a corny way, but I feel like this was done—it was done well for yeah. sure. All right, well, going on to number 13, uh, Fuck the World. Very West Coast, old school sounding. Sounds like it was sampled from an old funk song, like Funkadelic or or something along those lines. Um, uh, maybe the Gap Band or something. It's a very simple chorus, straight to the point, which I fucking love. And um, basically, some social justice shit from back in the day. Uh, my man said verbatim, if you're black, you better stay strapped. And that's no, that's a fact. Shit kind of rings true today. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm about to, hey, nah, I'm about to say, my nigga, in, a, in, in about a week or so, that might be very fucking true. I'm just saying. And for those of y'all who don't live in the States, we are a week away from our fucking election. So I'm yeah. just saying. About to find so, out some real shit around here. About to find out some real shit, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, nah, I, I agree. I thought it was a very uh, West Coast sounding kind of beat. For some reason, this is kind of one of the songs that I skipped a little bit at first, too, but kind of came around to it um, later on. But yeah, I feel like it definitely has that Pac energy. The, the the very He starts it off by saying, I think he says, you want to call me a rapist or some shit? And like, he just has that, like, yo, like, fuck, fuck everybody if they're coming after me. They're talking all this shit about me. Fuck the world. So I thought it was a dope song. I think it fits the, the whole theme of the album, the whole Me Against the World theme concept. So I mean, yeah. Completely. Uh, 100%. So I, I just, I thought it was a, a good fit there. So uh, let's go to number 14, which is uh, Death Around the Corner. Again, uh, another dark song. Even though it's, it kind of doesn't sound like if you just kind of have it in the background playing, it doesn't sound all that dark. But obviously, listening to the content of it, definitely a dark song. Mm-hmm. Talking about death being around the corner. And again, uh, let me see. If I die tonight. Uh, I guess it's the only one that talks about death before this one, at least in the title. But True. nonetheless, very centered around death song, I guess, if you will. But I, I, I thought the song was dope, though. I thought it was dope. No, I thought it was dope, too. And it's honestly just a song about being fucking uber paranoid. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's really, that's, <laughs> no, that's really what it is, though. I feel like If I Die Tonight and Death Around the Corner are kind of the same formula to a song, just different words. Exactly, exactly. I mean, 
I thought that the yeah when we were kids, uh, the shit that they were talking like uh, uh, mm. whatever that little oh, speech was. Yeah, I think that was used too many times because it was like played twice after on each hook. And I was just like, come on, bro, we yeah, don't really yeah, need yeah. to hear the same thing like six times. That was hey. You know what? You're right. That just reminded me. That was a little repetitive on the joint, and it kind of was kind of kind of confusing. And yeah. Almost. Let me just say, and I mean this with all due respect, but it was almost a little lazy because the least you could have done is find another clip to use. You know, if you didn't want to. That's what I was thinking. To... That's exactly what I was you know? thinking. <laughs> but but all around, man, I thought it was a dope song. Just could have, you know, I guess. And again, I, maybe Pac wasn't too big on the hooks because I can't really think of too many. Yeah, no, I, don't, I hooks can't think of really. Pac- yeah, never, never on any songs. Not what? Like California. Yeah, I can't. Th- no, none of them. Like no, even, no, no things. None of them are Pac singing or even rapping the hook, except for maybe a couple songs here and there. Yeah, none that I can think of for sure. I mean, maybe like B sides on records that we you know we just haven't listened to, but none of the, none of the joints that are popping are the joints that I know. So, so I was about to say the only song that I could think of on this album really is uh, the song that I like. Uh, it ain't easy. That 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 might be the only one where he actually does uh, the hook on it, which I didn't even realize that was a thing for Pac. But apparently it is. Hey, I didn't realize it either. But now, nah, yeah, um, the song is 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 real dope. That's my only gripe about it is that using the same sample over and over and over. I mean, literally, like nah, they played it twice during each chorus, so you end up hearing it six times in like four minutes or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. I agree. I agree. All right, well, number uh, 15 is the last track. Uh, It features Dramacidal once again, and it's called Outlaw. Now, the opening was with a kid, and that's, like, typical with, you know, gangster rap albums back in the day, having some little kid Mm -hmm. talking on the beginning of a track. I mean, uh, Biggie had it on uh, Ready to Die with with his son on the voicemail. Oh, you hoes calling for my daddy. (laughs) It's it's just some shit that always talk to some little kid on an album. Like, Nas did it. I think Jay did it on one. So, like, you know, it's, it's a very 90s thing to do. But it was an interesting way to end this album. The beat is the beat is really chill, uh, and the topic is pretty fucking grimy. I have to admit, uh, basically all about like murder, jail, drugs, you know, drive-bys, like every, just like, just a list of gangster shit that's just and happening back to back. It's just crazy that Pac starts it off by asking the little kid what he wants to be when he grows up, and he just says outlaw, and he kind of just goes into like everything that surrounds being a fucking outlaw essentially so exactly i agree i thought it was a really dark song but i kind of like the way he ended it at the end of the song he kind of just talks his shit a little bit at the end towards towards the end of the song but um yeah i agree i I think the beat was very chill very mellowed out and it didn't really stand out to me but i'm okay with it being the last song like it wasn't a super standout song to me but Mm -hmm. but I, i think overall it was okay no, I agree. Like I said, it was an interesting way to end it. Could have been something else, but like, hey, that's what it was, and I have no problem with it. Honestly, it like yeah, it's not like you know? it, it not like it diminishes the listening aspect. Yeah. of the album at all. So, nah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Well, now that we've reached the end of the album, y'all know how we usually do. We give our overall thoughts. So, sir, what were yours? Yes, sir. All right, man. So, like I said, this is the first full body of work of Tupac that I've dove into and really listened to extensively and i one of the things that i mentioned i don't know if i mentioned this during the show or before but i feel like a lot of Pac's cadences and flows he kind of repeats them a lot mm-hmm. um and that's one of the one things i will say i guess gripe that i have to a certain extent with this album is that i feel like i've heard Pac rap like the same patterns before like almost to the to the word almost to some to some songs 
but nonetheless, I, I still feel like it's a really good album. A lot of really good songs. And I feel like a lot of people like this side of pop. Because I remember I was talking to my brother. I was telling him we were reviewing this album. And he 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 told me that his favorite pop is the more introspective pop. The more deeper, you know, talking about certain things pop. Mm-hmm. And, and, and honestly, that might be everybody's favorite pop. You know what I mean? Just... Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, that was the pop that I, was the most mainstream at the time. Because when he okay. was like gangsta, gangsta, he was like really just starting out the career. But when once he's he, as he as his career grew, he got more introspective. So you know, right. by the time you know this this was like Dear Mama, that was like even before he signed the aftermath mm. when he really blew up. So I mean, right. you know, he was already peaking, but he was already going towards that more introspective stuff at the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So but all in all, I thought it was a really good album. I think there's. Um, I think there's a lot that this album, I guess, has to offer. Um, just in 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 reference to Pac and everything that I guess he brings to the table. Very few features on there. Mm-hmm. He kind of just went ham on every every verse he went on. So yeah, I really like this album. I thought it was really dope. And as far as a final review uh, score, I should say, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and give it an 8.5 out of 10. Okay. Um, I thought I thought it was really dope. Um, it was an easy listen too. It wasn't something that was like really hard to really dive into and just kind of get a grasp of what was going on. I think everything was kind of a, a easy listen. So I, I thought it was a really good album, especially if you want to dive into some Pac and you haven't really like you know listened to Pac. I feel like this is a good album to choose. Um, I, I it kind of has the best of both worlds. I, I, to me, it has the best of both worlds: the introspective and kind of somewhat of the gangster part to a certain extent. So okay. Uh, my overall thoughts is a very fucking good album. Again, one of my favorites from back in the day when I was younger. The only thing I can say, which will lead into the next thing I'm going to ask, is that everything sounds a little bit old at this point. Um, yeah. But lyrically, everything is always a gift from Pac. I feel like, well, just about everything is always a gift from Pac. And like you said, it was a very easy listen for 15 tracks. So Yeah, no, nah, I uh, agree. How do, you, how do you feel it holds up over time? I mean... Yeah, you, you pretty much said it, dog. <laughs> like that, that, this joint is without a doubt, one hundred percent. Not only is it from the nineties, but it's also from the West Coast, one thousand percent, all day in the paint. So, yeah, and, and again, I feel like you know, albums and and works of art that are, I guess, are somewhat on a classic level. I feel like it doesn't really need to stand the test of time because just because of the the effect that it had on on the culture, you know, per se. So yeah. I, I feel like it doesn't really need to stand the test of time. And most of these songs live off of their um, legacy, I guess, if you will. True. Um, well, like, yeah, like you said, um, beat-wise for the majority of these Jones, yeah, that, that doesn't hold up. I think probably Dear Mama and Temptations and, like, maybe one other can kind of stand the test of time, even though Temptations, I feel like, is kind of a stretch. <laughs> but, like... Yeah, I, I about to say that. Uh, but lyrically, I think everything holds up. Just bomb and shit. Like you could see, like any of these songs, like you could use on like a feature for a Kendrick or a J Cole or even Wale. You know, maybe even a couple of other rappers. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, I think that the majority of the album, simply on its sound, on its tonal sound, is just very nineties. Just very, very oh yeah. 90s. And I think no, that I some people will not be into an entire album that kind of sounds like this. It's a shame, no, but yeah, some of the new, some some of y'all newer niggas may not. That's a fact. That's a fact. I agree. Well, that brings us to the end of the album review for Me Against the World by Tupac Shakur. Yes, sir. Before we get out of here, did you have uh, an album suggestion for the people today? Yes, sir. So I was actually, I don't even know how I found about this nigga, man, but I just was randomly looking through YouTube, I want to say, and I seen this kid. His name is Tokyo's Revenge. I don't know if you've heard of him. I think I have. 
Well, he's actually from uh, from Florida. Has that kind of Florida voice in a, in a sense, and okay. to a certain extent, has a certain style. I guess that's kind of prominent over there. But um, he got a song right now. Um, I want to say it's called uh, "Good Morning Tokyo." I think that's one of his uh, bigger songs. Okay. But um, he just recently, really, I don't know if it was recently, but it was this year. Uh, released a EP called Seven. Um, I think he's really dope. Um, he he has that new style, right? Like super high energy, new style, but he's actually rapping. Okay. So okay. that's that's one thing that that kind of caught my attention, particularly um in that song Good Morning Tokyo. I think it caught my attention because at first it was kind of just the high energy that I was hearing, and I was like, okay, it's one of those guys. But then I hear his actual rapping. And it was actually pretty dope. So um, check out Tokyo's Revenge. For real, check out any of his shit. But check out his new uh, his new EP called Seven, and that's Seven, and then V E N. So okay, all right. Check but... out Tokyo's Revenge, y'all. All right, my joint today is gonna be the Aesop Mob Cozy Tapes Two Too Cozy. Um, mm. I was actually surprised that I really fucked hard with this album because I I've only really listened to before I listened to this album I'd only listened to Ferg and Rocky, so I really wasn't right. sure. Uh, what I was going to be expecting from anybody else in ASAP Mob. But I was actually quite surprised. One of the songs I really like on there is Perry Avenue, which was ASAP Rocky, ASAP Nas, but then they also have Playboy Cardi and Jaden Smith on it. Now, mm-hmm. if you, first of all, I need to go ahead and back and listen to them again because I may use them as one of these one day, but both Jaden Smith's last albums were pretty nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've Believe me, I've heard the same. I've yeah. definitely heard the same. And then you got a couple You got a couple tracks on here. One I like Walk on, Walk on Water on, on this joint. I think that's a really good song. Oh, yeah, and I like uh, Black Card, which is mm-hmm. with Rocky and uh, Smokey Mar- Margilia. I don't know who the hell that is, but it sounds good. So, I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's a different take on stuff, and if you've never listened to the Aesop Mob, but you like Rocky, Rocky or you like Ferg, I highly suggest this. So check out the mob. Uh, cozy tapes too, too cozy. Facts. Facts. All right. And um, uh, well, that's it for the episode today, guys. Thank you for listening as always. But uh, is there anything else that you want to tell the people out there before we get up out here today? This Halloween, prepare yourself for the terrifying suspense thriller Spell, starring Amari Hardwick from the TV show Power and Loretta Devine. Marquise, played by Amari Hardwick, awakens from a plane crash imprisoned by a mysterious woman practicing hoodoo magic. He desperately tries to break free to save his family from the sinister rituals that wait. Spells premiering at home on digital platforms October 30th, rated R, from Paramount Pictures. I don't know about you, dog, but I actually want to see this joint. The joint looks really dope. Um, you know, Amari Hardwick is in that joint, so y'all already know. Definitely go check that joint out. It looks really dope. Um, definitely got the Halloween vibe, so if you're on your Halloween shit and you want to watch a good Halloween movie, at home, you don't got to go to movie theaters for this joint, y'all. Exactly. It's streaming at home. You only, you just got to go to the store, get your little tub of Ben and Jerry's, and get your girl her own tub so she ain't reaching into your cup. Y'all already know how that be. Fat, bo- fat boys for life. Fat boys for life. Uh, <laughs> so definitely, y'all, check the joint out. It's called Spell, uh, starring Amari Hardwick. Go check that out, man. Right. October 30th. All right, all right. Ending on that note, you know where y'all can find us. You can find us for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, and Stitcher. You can find us on uh, Facebook by going to Facebook.com and searching out Hip Hop Heads Podcast. And you can find us out on our social medias at HQ Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And yes, it is all spelled out. Yes, sir. 
Oh, and I think I might have forgot. I think I might have forgot to give my score, but I give the album a nine point nine out of ten. So <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and throw that in here at the end because I'm pretty sure I forgot to say that. But <laughs> hey, nah, you know it's funny. I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, did this nigga say his album score? Because I heard you talking about it, and you went into extreme depths about it. But I don't remember the number. <laughs> I just thought about that right now. Oh my goodness, so terrible. Can't even follow my own notes and directions. Oh, man. <laughs> but thank y'all for joining us once again. We appreciate y'all listening, no matter where you are from around the world. Uh, we love y'all. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Wash our ass. Be easy. We out. Peace. Go vote. Go vote.